Hey there, it's Carolyn. Before we start today's podcast, I wanted to tell you about a brand new challenge that we have starting over in the Homestead Kitchen membership really soon. This one is all about making your very own herbal oils and culinary oils and cosmetic oils and turning them into salves and balms for your herbal medicine cabinet. If you're interested in joining me for the Herbal Oils and Salves Challenge, then go to homesteadingfamily.com forward slash podcast dash herbal oils. Again, that's homesteadingfamily.com forward slash podcast dash herbal oils. Hey, you guys, and welcome to this week's edition of the Pantry Chat Food for Thought This week, we're tackling kind of a fun subject that I don't see a lot of people talk about. It's near and dear to my heart right now, as it is to Lacey's, here we go, we'll go that way, (laughs) Lacey's heart, Um, and that is pregnancy on the homestead, trying to homestead while pregnant. It brings about all sorts of its own unique challenges and blessings and opportunities. Um, But today we're going to be talking about this and this is going to be a fun chat. Um, But first of all, I want to introduce Lacey. A lot of you guys are probably saying, wow, she looks really familiar. And you probably know her from uh, she and her husband have a YouTube channel, Mike the Fit Farmer. And if you have not been watching the channel, you need to jump over and check it out because they share a lot of fun things uh, as they are homesteading and taking you through their homestead journey with their family. One of the things you can see right off, I'm just going to call it out, Lacey, and that is that if you're watching on YouTube or on video, a video platform, you can see that uh, Lacey's in a yurt. She's not in a regular house. So while now I, I asked you the other day, we... I've got to give you guys the background here. I'm in North Idaho, and I promise I'm going to give Lacey a moment to talk in a second. (laughs) Here, I'm in North Idaho, and we're having our first major snowstorm of the year, and we've got storms just rolling in one after the other. And so Lacey and I tried to film this about two days ago, and my internet just kept getting lost it kept just what are you just dying yeah (laughs) all the snow coming down so here we're trying it again and we have a fresh snowstorm just hitting us right now so hopefully we make it through it but Lacey where are you because you are not getting snowed on no uh, we I'm in North Carolina just out of Charlotte and um it's almost 80 degrees here today in November (laughs) Okay, that is a big difference from where I'm at. We're looking at zero degrees next week. Wow. Yeah, that's I'm cool. I'm excited that it's supposed to be only 63 for a high <laughs> next week. <laughs> that sounds good. And I know, um, let's see, I asked you the other day, but nobody got to hear it. Are you guys off-grid? People ask us all the time because we're not totally off-grid, but are you? We are not off grid. We okay. are plugged in and, you know, right now, I mean, it would be great to be able to go off grid, but mm-hmm. that's just not at the place where we are right now. Okay. But you are living in a yurt and a lot of people kind of um, group the two things together that if you're living in a yurt, yeah. you've got to be off grid. Right. And that's just not the case. You can be fully no. on grid and yes. in a yurt. Yes. And plumbing and everything, just like a regular house too. We've lived here for eight years now, almost eight and a half years. 
and it's I mean it's built out inside just like in the other house we have electricity and plumbing and so yeah you can do it you can do it all right I love it we actually have somebody down the road from us living in a yurt also and you're round which is you know I mean you think of like Mongolia and it's yeah. there and they're definitely living there year round in some pretty extreme weather. But up here, a lot of people are like, Oh, you can't do that. And they said, watch us. <laughs> and they did, they've lived there for years and they've had, uh, you know, a successful time there. But, um, but that's really fun to get to see a different type of housing um, that you're living. And it's in. actually easier to keep them warm in the oh. wintertime people think that it's it's not people think it's the opposite but our problem is actually keeping it cool in the summertime so we have many split systems to help us do that because for years we didn't and in the summertime it would be 100 degrees inside your house and that's just a little unbearable during the day and uh, but then as long as you have a wood stove you're good to go in the winter yeah there you go. I like that. That's good information. Okay. So today we're talking about pregnancy on the homestead. You are pregnant. I'm pregnant. Yeah. We're actually not very far apart yeah. in our pregnancies. So tell us just a little bit about your family, your dynamics. Who do you already have? Because this is not your first pregnancy. And uh, how far along are you? So I have a daughter that's 12, uh, a son that's 10, another son that's six, and this new baby will be here in the beginning of February. And I am 26 plus four, something like that, pregnant. So, Okay. All right. That's good. And for me, for those of you guys who are following, um, we have 10 children, one of them adopted here in the house. And uh, so this is not the first pregnancy for me, definitely. And I'm at about 23 weeks pregnant now. And so... Um, we're due pretty close. I think you're in February and I'm in early March. So I'm out early February. So yeah, yeah okay. Real close. Good, good. We found out we're having a boy, but I think I hear you're doing the same and thing. We're having another boy too. <laughs> okay. It is boy season around the homestead. <laughs> oh, it'll be fun. Um, but Talk to me about like your early pregnancy. Do you have a tendency to have problems in like morning sickness? How do you do with that? I typically I do for my other pregnancies. I was way sick and just, I mean, to the point where you're like, can't drink water and you just want to drink water, and but you feel sick all the time. And it wasn't morning sickness. It was from the time I woke up to the time I went to sleep kind of thing. And normally it would last until about 16 weeks. But this past year, I've really, um, like I did the carnivore diet for a while and I eat a, a lot more meat than I used to. And actually, I think that has helped with this pregnancy um, not be as sick because mm. I would, I could get up and I could get my chores done. And, but as soon as I ate something, I started feeling kind of sick, which is a little strange. But um, I feel like I, I was able to do a lot more this time around than I was with previous pregnancies. So that's nice because that that kind of keeps you moving. I know, you know, for me that that all hit right in the middle of the summer, which mm -hmm. is kind of right high activity season around the homestead. And um, I had a debilitating first trimester. 
I have never had one where I'm so sick, which is interesting because I've had ones where I'm kind of like kind of skate through it pretty happily. And yeah, I don't feel great at moments, but for the most part, it's not a big deal. And I've had them yuckier than that, but I've never had them to the level that I had them this round. And I was pretty much bedridden. In fact, the um, the midwives, pretty much everybody all around me said, oh, you're having twins. You've got to be having twins. And uh, we have now had our ultrasounds, multiple ultrasounds, and there are no twins in there. So I don't really know what happened. I don't really have any good reasoning for all of it. But uh, it was definitely a new season for me. I've never in my life been bedridden for six to eight weeks. And that was that was right about where I was, um, right in the height of the homesteading summer. And so for me, those big kids, having those older kids who know how to do everything, they know how to take care of everything. That was amazing as I mean, that's new on a homestead for me. It's been about five years since my last pregnancy, uh, the last baby was born. And um, I had capable children, but they weren't nearly this old. <laughs> now it's like they just ran the homestead without me and they took care of me on top of it. Josh had a lot of traveling he was doing, so he wasn't even home a lot uh, during the summer during that time. And boy, those big kids just stepped up. Uh so for you, how is it different this round with the older kids? You said you have a 12 year old daughter, which that's like. She has been super helpful. <laughs> and so it's funny. So whenever we told the kids that uh, we were going to have another baby, we told her and she immediately started crying. And I was like, I didn't expect anybody to cry. But she said, I've been praying about this. <laughs> so she praying for a baby. And I was like, because. The day before, actually the day before she had said something about a baby. And I was like, well, you know, if I have another baby, I'm going to need a lot of help from you. And she's like, that's fine. I said, okay, I'm going to remember this. I'm going to remember you doing this. And then we told her the next day and she was all excited. So she has really stepped up. Um, you know, she has her own chores to do and everything. But, you know, if she sees that I'm not feeling well, she'll come and, you know, and I'll sit down while I'm cooking and she'll kind of help cook and set the table and then do all those things too. So she has really, I'm super proud of her because she's helping out a lot and she seems eager to change diapers and all that. So that's good. That's good. We'll, we'll take that one as long as we can get it right. Yes. Any, any help on that front? Um, you know, this is kind of, I guess this is kind of a rabbit trail, but I think this is really important to talk about. As a mom, you're probably like me. You want to find that balance of, I want the kids to help. I want them to step up and I want them to be responsible. But I don't ever want them to feel like they're just doing all the work all by themselves. And, you know, we know that can create in any of us, even in adults, we can start feeling a little bitter about that. Yeah. And so I know for me, I'm always trying to like, find this balance of, yes, I need you to step up and do the next level because you're growing up and you need to take on more responsibility, but also balancing that with the freedom and the, the gratefulness towards them. Um, I, I really ran into this season because I was literally in bed. I couldn't balance it. I couldn't be like, Hey, I'm just going to take over. You take a day off. Um, it was all up to them. But what I did try to do is make sure that they had a lot of fun and away from the farm times too, where they were able to get out and go hang out with friends or go to the, 
you know, we have a thing that our family does an ultimate Frisbee game. That's a big social game that happens once a week in our, our homeschool community. And so make sure that they're getting to that and kind of get into all the fun things. Did you, did you feel that same pressure of like, I need some more help, but I don't want to. I, I still feel that. Well, so in the beginning of my pregnancy, I don't know, it was probably around eight to 12 weeks, somewhere on in there. Mike and my two oldest ones went away for two weeks to oh. a church camp. So I was left with my six-year-old or five-year-old then to do all the chores. And um, so I kind of, I kind of play that card of like, well, you know, you got to go do something really fun. And I had to stay here and take care of everything. And I, I don't think they really mind stepping up, but yeah, I am. I don't want to, on one level, I want them to be independent and do these things and then on another level I'm like but I still want them to have a good childhood and I think that's where Mike comes and steps in and he's like they can do it if they can do it you shouldn't be doing it for them and you know because part of me feels like well as a mom I feel like I should be doing some things for them and and then a part of me is like, well, yeah, they kind of do need to step up a little bit and learn how to do these things because we're raising, you know, adults. We're not raising you to be children. So <laughs> I guess I still get torn back and forth in between that. But I just want to make sure that they have a good childhood. So I don't I don't even I don't have a good answer for that. <laughs> no, I and I think if you did, we would all know you were a fraud, right? Because <laughs> I think that's part of parenthood is you're just always trying to negotiate the, you know, the, the new moments that you're in because you're with living people who you need to be responsive to them. And yeah. I think that's the beauty of, uh, you know, a husband and wife. Like, can I say this like super traditionally a husband and yeah. wife raising the family is you get that male personality, you get that female personality and the, the two of them together just make this complete story that. Um, we just don't have if it's only one perspective. So it's it's so good when parents can work together and find that balance together. <laughs> we need it. And we and we fail. And, you know, we can always ask for forgiveness from our kids. And, Absolutely. you know, kids are super willing to forgive. So that makes it so much better, too. <laughs> it really is. And I know I have to pull that all the time. Just like, you guys, I messed up. I'm sorry. And, and they're always so gracious. So I appreciate that. Okay. So moving into the actual pregnancy side, like how much for you do you feel like has changed because of your pregnancy in your day-to-day -day activity? Are you seeing a big change yet? I have, I, I really don't do the chores anymore. Um, I mean, I guess I could, but since, and, and we've slaughtered some animals too. So that helps too. You taking the numbers down and everything. But um, in the beginning, like I could do more and, you know, lift feed bags and things like that, even though people are like, don't do it. But it's like, as long as you're used to doing it, it's fine. Um, but now, you know, it's harder to bend over and pick things up. And I had to, even when I was doing the chores, uh, if we had waterers that I had to tote around out, I went and got the um, hand trucks and I'd put them on there and lean them over. And so you just find different ways to haul stuff. Um, we have gorilla carts that I could put stuff in and just pull it. And it wasn't, you know, I wasn't having to carry so much all the time. But but now, and I do a lot of our video editing too. So that's a big part of what I do. 
Um, but it, I'm not so much hands-on with the chores right now. Now, I still help butcher animals. I think we still have like another run to do, which I, I get a little iffy around that, <laughs> being <laughs> pregnant. But um, yeah, I, I guess that's the biggest thing is I have, I'm not picking up as much as heavy stuff as I normally would. Yeah, I, I think I'm kind of the same on my day to day. My, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing at you kind of backing out of the butchering because I'm doing the exact same thing. I don't end up with any more, I guess maybe during the first trimester, I might end yes. up with a little more okies about that, yeah. you know, just the smells and the sights all involved. But by the time and I'm over morning sickness, I, that doesn't bother me. Um, but it's that all day on my feet that I just can't quite do once I get this pregnant, I need to take a lot more breaks. So thankfully I, at this time in life have all the backup help and the kids and Josh can just kind of come in and take care of it. They don't really need me out there anyways, at this point, um, you know, makes it go faster to have another set of hands, but it doesn't hurt anything if I'm not there. Um, so I kind of take in, take up the house crew and make sure everybody's well fed, you know, make sure they come in for breaks to hot meals yep. and all of those things. But, um, but yeah, it's just that standing all day. And oftentimes, I don't know about you, but I find that when we have big butchering days that the tables are not always the right height for what you need. And you end up kind of, <laughs> especially with a big stomach in front of you, you know, you're kind of like out and you're having to lean over and it creates this weird back pressure that's just not comfortable yes. by the end of the day. So, yeah. And thankfully we have like a, a taller stainless steel table and that's what I do. I take feet off, heads off, you know, all that stuff. And then I slide it on down to or evisceration to somebody else. So that does help a lot is being yeah. higher up. And I've just started using, um, I think uh, it's a belly wrap just to get oh. more support. So that has helped a lot too. So later in the day, I'll just wrap up and it's it just holds you up a little bit better. I actually just ordered one of those for the first time. So I'm glad to hear you say that that's helping for you because I've never used, I've used them after pregnancy to help yes. like in, in the postpartum period, but I've never used them when I'm pregnant. So I thought I'm, I'm, it might be time. I'm a little older than my last pregnancies. I think, I think I can use some of these helps along the way and still uh, feel good about it. So, um, so that's good. Are there any other ways that you find that you change your daily, what you're doing daily? And even if it's inside, like your inside work in order to accommodate for being pregnant? I'm, I've been getting up a little later than, <laughs> than what I was before. Um, and taking naps. That's, you know, I'll just get to the point where people are talking to me and I'm like, I've got to lay down. Like I can't process what you're even saying to me because I'm so tired. So um, that's a big thing. And then trying to just do all the things for pregnancy and staying healthy, like going on walks and all. I feel like it's kind of made my day a little different than what it normally is because, you know, I'm trying to go walk in the mornings and sometimes I get to do it and sometimes I don't. But and making sure I eat because um, before I got pregnant, I was doing a lot of like intermittent fasting and stuff. So now I have to make sure I eat more times a day. And then it's 
more work to eat. I don't know if that makes sense. Maybe it makes sense to other people too. But um, I think those are the biggest things is just taking naps and waking up a little later maybe. I, I'm doing the same thing. I'm getting up a little later. Josh was like, you sleep in a little bit. We're fine without you in the morning. So he keeps, you know, making sure the house is running just fine in the morning. I feel a little guilty because I hear everybody downstairs working without me and I'm just kind of snuggled into bed. Um, but, you know, that extra hour of sleep makes all the difference in the world. I'm not a nap person. I, I, the world has to be falling apart. Like I have to be about falling asleep on my feet before I'm going to go lay down and nap. I just, I've never liked it. I don't know why. I think it's a holdover from being two and somebody made me take a nap and I was like, I don't want to. <laughs> I still feel that way. I throw a little adult temper tantrum. Um, but the other thing that I know that I found is have you, you know, those, uh, I don't even know what they're called. The pressure mats that you can stand on. We yeah. Get in and oh, that helps a lot. Take the strain off of the body. If you have to stand for a longer period of time. And especially this fall, as we still had processing, um, you know, lots of harvest coming in, lots of processing to be done. I had a lot of help this fall. So that was really wonderful also. Um, but having those pressure mats to stand on has been a really big deal for me. I'll have to remember that. Yeah, they, they're really good. They're, they're gushy and they, <laughs> it, you I know, know exactly what you're talking about. Cause when you walk across them, you're like, Oh, this is different. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it makes a big difference. And in fact, I've noticed my teenage daughter has started taking the mat and like moving it around the kitchen when I'm not in there. So she can stand on it in different locations because it does actually really take the pressure off if you have yeah. to stand in one spot, which, you know, that standing in one spot in a lot of ways is way more tiring than walking around and getting to move a yeah. lot. And so that helps when you get stuck in a spot like that. Um, so, yeah, those are kind of the big ones that I can think of. Are you still sleeping well? Do you tend to sleep well through your whole pregnancy? It, it comes and goes. A, a couple of weeks ago, we were out of town for a, for a long time. And, you know, changing beds and everything, that made it hard. And time zones. So that we, we were actually out on mountain time in yeah. South Dakota. And so I would wake up in the middle of the night and I'd be like, oh, great. I can't go back to sleep. Oh. But that's kind of typical for me being pregnant. I'll just randomly wake up in the middle of the night and then it's like, oh, I'm awake. And by the time it's time to wake up, I'm ready to go back to sleep. Right. <laughs> but um, here with the past, I don't know, week and a half or so since we've been back, I've I've actually been sleeping better. So that's nice. Good. I, I, you know, I don't want to say anything so strong as like I cracked the code on my sleeping issues because I'm only at 23 weeks. I've got a lot of time for insomnia left in this pregnancy. So I don't want to, I don't want to jinx myself there. But um, in the last few years, I have actually really um, moved past. I was having a hard time sleeping quite often. And I always associated it to the fact that I'd been pregnant so often and then nursing babies so often where mm -hmm. I just wasn't getting full nights of sleep. And I figured, oh, my body just kind of got in this habit of not sleeping. Um, but I started paying really close attention to my blood sugar and same thing. I started doing some intermittent fasting and really balancing out my blood sugar. And when I did all those sleep issues disappeared. So 
I haven't had any yet this pregnancy, except for the really random ones like you're talking about. Something wakes me up and then I just can't go back to sleep. Um, but aside from that, uh, I've been sleeping pretty well too, which is a real blessing. Cause I always say, you know, if you can sleep, you can do just about anything. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. So this is not your first pregnancy on the homestead. I think you were saying you have with, uh, your current youngest, you were also out on the homestead at that point. Yeah. With Micah, I, um, he's six. So yeah, we were here. And we were doing all the things. We weren't butchering chickens then, but at that time we were starting a market garden. So it was lots of planting, lots of harvesting and, and all. And it, it was rough. He was born in August. So I'm oh, super God. happy that this is going to be a February baby because it was the last month of his pregnancy. I really couldn't do anything. And that's yeah. when we didn't have air conditioning either. So um, we had just set up our walk-in cooler for our market garden <laughs> for the last month. I drug a chaise lounge in there and set up a TV for myself and played Candy Crush on a tablet for like four weeks because I it was so hot. It'd be a hundred degrees and I just couldn't I couldn't hang it. I had to to do that. But I think I did pretty good up until probably I don't know 30 weeks or so in that pregnancy being able to, you know, move and plant and help harvest and get things together like that. So. I I had one. Uh, my last one was a late September baby and we had an extremely unseasonably hot uh, summer and end of the summer there. And we were right about a hundred degrees now, a hundred degrees in night North Idaho and a hundred degrees down the South are two totally different things. So I got to say that I have the better end of the deal right there yes. because it's a dry hundred degrees. Um, so we, we got to just put that on the table. That's a for real thing. <laughs> um, but we have, because it's not really that hot up here, nobody has air conditioning. So it's not oh, a thing. Yeah. And so there was no out for me on this, you know, hundred degree weather. And I was so pregnant. But what I did find is that if I could put my feet in cold water, I, I was okay. So I, um, I just would get bags and bags of ice and I had these big tubs and I would just put ice water in the tubs and just put my feet in there and it would like cool my whole body down. And that was a major key for me making it through that one, that, and then have you, I don't even know what to call these things, but have you ever seen them? They're like the little neckties, but they're filled with the water soaking beads. Yes. They probably have some really great fancy name, but you can make them at home. And those were like magic for me also, because you just put this cold band of wet around your neck. I and bet it, so. Yeah, I think it's because, you know, in your feet, in your neck, in some of these places, you've got all that blood flow is just going. And so if you can cool that blood, it kind of cools your whole body down. Um, and those were big keys for me for surviving without air conditioning. So hopefully that's a tip that can help somebody else who gets in that position because oh, babies that that pregnant that time of year is a hard thing to swallow. It is. And when you have like 50 percent more blood than you normally do, like your body's working harder to get everything moved around. And, you know, I, I just well, even last week, um, I thought my prenatal appointment was for 1230, but then I looked at my planner and it was at 12 o'clock and I still needed to take a shower. And it was like, 
I was like, oh no. And I hopped in the shower and then got out. And then I got out of the shower and I was like, oh, I had to slow down because I have actually passed out in the shower before pregnant um, <laughs> because I, if I get too hot, it's just, I, but I know like the signs now. Right. <laughs> so, um, but I encourage any other pregnant ladies, just make sure you don't get overheated because that can, yeah, that's no good. <laughs> no, it's no good. And not only can you pass out, but even if you don't, I've, I've started to overheat myself multiple times. It exhausts you for the rest of the day as your body's trying yeah. to deal with the repercussions of that. And so it's just, it's not worth it. Slow down. Mm -hmm. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Stick your feet in some ice water. That's <laughs> okay. right. Ice water. I love it. <laughs> Stick that shower cold. One time I was big and pregnant and we were actually down in Mexico and I just thought, oh, I could not cool down for anything. We were not, we were not on a fancy vacation where we had like nice amenities or anything like that. But I found a shower and I took a cold, cold shower and that was like night and day different. So the whole rest of that trip, I just like two or three times a day, I was in a really cold shower just to keep myself nice and cool and cool back down from that weather. So well, even the other night, I wanted to take a bath. So I took a bath and it was hot, but I don't, I stay hot when I sleep. So I just turned the cold water on before I got out and then sat in like a cool tub for 20 <laughs> minutes or so before I went to bed. And actually I slept really well that night. So I oh, think, you know, being, being cool, uh, being pregnant is, is a big deal. Yeah, I think so. So at what point, you know, you're talking about being um, starting the market garden, being really pregnant. And at some point we get to where we just have to say no. And we're just like, it's just, I just can't. And that I know for you is like, for me, that's really hard to do to get to a place of just saying I can't because you know, the family's dependent on your labor in that place. Like, you're kind of part of an, an integral team. And if you disappear, it puts a lot of hardship on a lot of other people. But, you know, there comes a level where you just can't. You can't yeah. without health repercussions that cause a whole different set of problems that, you know, you don't want to do. How do you manage that? How do you manage making that decision? And like knowing, do you deal with a little bit of guilt in the back? Like everybody else is working and I'm not and... I Good do one. because I you know, know. Like you work together as a team all the time and whenever you can't or you feel like you can't contribute because I mean so Mike had me out there the other day like helping him move electric fencing and uh, electrified netting and he's like here just pick this up and I'm just like okay but it's a little awkward and I mean I'll help as much okay I can do this but I didn't feel like I was helping at all really and it, it, you do feel bad because, you know, it puts another layer of, you know, responsibility on someone else. And I don't know, I guess I just kind of do what I can for as long as I can. And then I think everybody else understands. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you hope you hope your family understands that right. like, <laughs> I'm not just being lazy. Like, I really do need to sit down. <laughs> I, I, I know over here, everybody understands. And a lot of times they're pushing me to like, you need to go sit down, you need to rest. And I feel like kind of that classic mom, like, no, I don't leave me alone. I'm fine. <laughs> you know, let me work, let me do things. Um, but, but there does come that point. And I know for me, it, it is challenging 
sometimes it's even challenging to be honest with myself that no, this really isn't a good idea. I really shouldn't do this. And I need yes. to stop and go rest. And over the different pregnancies, Josh has gotten um, stronger with his suggestions of like, no, you need to stop right now and go sit down. He's kind of learned the warning signs maybe better than even I have. Yeah. And it's become important to me to learn to listen to those and sit down and let other people do it. But you know, you feel bad, like, uh, and could you get me a glass of water while you're walking by? And oh, yeah, I'd love a book, you know, <laughs> but it's like, you, you really do need to go take a break. And you really need and to you don't that. want to be a bother to anybody. That's what I fall into is like, I don't, I don't want anybody to bother with me when, but I mean, in reality, it's your family, and they love you, and they want to take care of you. Um, but I think I have learned from other pregnancies, like when I need to go, just go take a nap, because I get to the point where I start getting really just short with people mm -hmm. and I don't, I don't want to be mean to people, but I'm just going to, because, because Mike, he's very much, let's get, get stuff done, get stuff done, get stuff done. And um, he pushes me, which is good because I'm kind of like, Oh, a little more laid back <laughs> than him. But, and he knows too, like when I say like, look, I've got to lay down. I'm like, I, I'm no good like this. Just give me like 30 minutes and then I will be better. Um, he picked up on that more too. And like you said, he, he notices a lot of stuff. Like, do you think, I think you need to eat right now or you know, <laughs> things like that. I mean, he'll, he'll make good suggestions and I'm like, well, yeah, you're probably right. Or have you drank enough water today or something like that? So we have this kind of ongoing joke in our house because in our early years of marriage, it was me learning that most of the times things were getting a little tense. Josh needed to eat or yeah, drink water or go take a rest. So it was like this, this learning curve that I needed to say, here, eat this. And then it was like, magically, everything was better, you know. But the funny thing is, is in the later years, this is kind of flip flopped. And I don't know what happened. But he started recognizing now when I need to eat, which is good, because that the joke has been, you know, he gets hangry. I fall apart. Like if I get bad, I'm fine. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. And then it's like I step off a cliff and the world is ending and everybody around me is going to know it and not be happy. To. <laughs> it's like this dramatic moment. And it doesn't happen often, you know, like once every five years, something like that. But it's dramatic and memorable for the whole family. <laughs> so he's learned uh, the warning signs of that. And he's learned to like help me when, when was the last time you ate something? <laughs> oh, I don't remember. Yeah, that's not a good answer. We need yeah. to feed you. <laughs> Let's get you something to eat. <laughs> Let's get you something to eat. That's a that's a good answer. So, anyways, that's good when we can all help each other and depend on each other. And yeah, um, I know learning from my mom. Whenever I or anybody else who is pregnant would sit down, she would just hand us a glass of water, and um. I have thought that is so wise. And that's another thing that I know that I have had to learn is just stay hydrated. Yeah. Um, and I, I often tell women, I hear from a lot of women at about 32 weeks, they start saying, Oh, I'm having all these contractions. I'm having, I'm so uncomfortable. I can't sleep. I'm just having contractions all the time. That is in my experience, 95% a lack of water. And all of a sudden your water consumption needs go up yep. and you've got 
to jump in your water consumption. You already feel like you're going to the bathroom all the time. So you don't want to drink anymore, but yeah, you just got to do it. Otherwise you get miserable right then too. And um, electrolytes, yeah. you know, making sure you get electrolytes in your water too has been a really big thing for me. So I'm drinking all the time. Like I promise I'm drinking. Yesterday I didn't drink enough and my legs were a little swollen this morning. And I know that's why it's because I didn't drink enough yesterday. So today I've been chugging. <laughs> Chugging, chugging along. That's a good thing to do. Yeah, I get I start getting almost a little bit of a restless leg feeling when I'm not drinking enough water. And um, and yeah, the electrolytes really help. Now, you guys, Lacey and I had the fun opportunity to tour the Min Real Salt Mines um, together this last, was that March? It was something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was. In spring. Mm -hmm. And so we got to go all the way down to like I don't know. Was that 800 feet? It was 800 <laughs> feet. That's so cool. In a salt mine. It was really fun. But ever <laughs> since that moment, I took home some of their electrolytes. And I'll tell you what, I survived on those for my first trimester. I couldn't even drink plain water, but I could drink it if it had a little bit of that electrolyte in it. So I'm yep. still trying to drink a little bit of that every day. And it seems to be helping a lot. I do their relight like pretty much once a day. And, mm -hmm. um, because I I found out before that that for years <clears throat> I would get I would stand up really fast and I would think I had low iron because I'd get a little dizzy and everything and then when I really started focusing on uh, electrolytes and all and I realized it actually over the years has probably been because I haven't had enough salt in my system yeah. so and that'll help keep the swelling and all down too because I'm prone even not being pregnant having swelling. Mm. So I've found that it's super important, you know, when pregnant to make sure you're having the electrolytes because we are, you know, peeing so much and drinking so much. You want to make sure all of that's going good. Well, and I think the difference between healthy salt and a good quality salt versus like a table salt, you know, yes. you, you hear all the advice, stay away from the salt because you're swelling. And we actually got to sit through a super interesting uh, presentation that the reason that people swell, and I probably am not going to do this justice at all, and I can't remember any of the scientific terms, but the reason that people start swelling up when they're over consuming a table salt actually has to do with the additives that are put in the salt and not the salt itself. Yep. And so you go to something like a, a, a Redmond Real Salt or any other pure salt that's mineralized, and it's an entirely different experience. It actually helps you balance those levels of, yes. you know, the water in your cell and all of those different things and helps you to have a proper hydration balance instead of holding on to the liquid so much. And I have personally found that to be totally true because if I go out and I eat some like salty, let's say we go out and we get fries or, you know, something that's really salty in a restaurant, I see myself start to swell up and I can feel, I can't put my ring on the next day and just basic little things like that. But I can drink those Redmond Real Salt Relight packages. I can drink quite a few of those in a day if I need them. And I've never had that reaction to it. Yeah. I just feel better. And at some point, I don't want them anymore because my body says, you have enough sodium, don't drink anymore. And it's exactly. like, it can totally read it when it's that pure real salt. 
and you'll you'll be able to like think a little better everything will be a little clearer because like all your electrical impulses from your brain travel through a saltwater environment because there's you know it conducts electricity better so we all need make sure you're getting like plenty of good salt yeah yeah that's really important um okay so before we wrap up what are the best tips that you could give to other pregnant moms who are kind of like us, we're kind of like, do it all, do it ourselves. We can do it. <laughs> like what, what would be the best tips that you could give them to survive pregnancy on a homestead? Just give yourself grace. Cause yeah. I don't think enough of us do that because I'm supposed to be doing X, Y, and Z today. And I have this to put up and I have this to do and I just can't do it all. And no, we, I don't think we can do it all ourselves. And I don't think we're supposed to do it all ourselves. And I think that's a, a big burden that, you know, society has placed upon us that we're supposed to be able to do everything. And even in the homesteading community, because, you know, well, I'm supposed to make my own better and I'm supposed to raise my own chickens and I'm supposed to, you know, have a garden and it looks fabulous and never have any insect problems or anything. <laughs> um, I just think you need to have realistic expectations of what you can do because some people, some women can do a lot more pregnant than I can do pregnant. Like I know somebody, she was out, you know, doing all her chores up until 40 weeks and I just, my body is not designed to do that. And I think you need to figure out what works for you and go at your level and your speed and don't feel guilty about it, about not being able to do stuff because it's totally normal. Really. It is. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's just great advice. And I think we all need to listen to that. It's easy. I know for you to say it, it's easy for me to say it, but I have to say it to myself all the time yeah. because I still have a hard time following that advice, even though that's pretty much what I would say too. One of the tricks that I've found though to <clears throat> helping myself through that journey <laughs> is when you sit down and write a to-do list, put at the top of it, grow a baby. Like seriously, that is a big to-do and it is taking a lot of your body resources and your mental resources and just having that on the to-do list every day, like, okay, look at what I'm doing and, you know, write it on there. And at the end of the day, you can check it off if you want, but um, put it into context that you're working hard, even if you're sitting on the couch with your feet up, like yeah. your body is working hard. And the other thing for me is kind of like just adding on to what you said, ask for help. And even if it has to be outside of your family, or maybe it's outside of your immediate family, and you can ask a parent like, you know, mom, will you come do some laundry for me? I'm just not keeping up or, you know, whatever it is. Don't be afraid to, if you can hire somebody to come just help you clean your floors, if that's all it is, or ask somebody if you have good friends or a church community, you know, just ask for a little bit of help. There's no shame in that. It's no. absolutely okay. And like Lacey said, give yourself a lot of grace in this period. And let your kids step up a little bit too, you know, let them see what they can do. And if they don't do it exactly like you do it, it's okay. And I have to remind myself that like, okay, 
it's not how I would do it, but it's done and <laughs> it may not be exactly right, but that's okay. It's done. So just, you know, <laughs> you, can, you can always clean up later. I know sometimes after I've had a season like that, I'm like in the kitchen and I look up on the ceiling and I'm like, how do you think the ceiling got brownie batter all over? <laughs> like, I probably don't even want to know. So I'm just not even going to ask and we'll clean it later. <laughs> so, turn a blind eye a little bit. It's okay. And just, yeah, let yourself get help. So great. Lazy, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a fun conversation, really encouraging for me uh, because I need to hear all these things. But um, and blessings on the rest of your pregnancy. I uh, just pray everything goes well and you have that beautiful baby boy in February um, to hold and to love on the whole family's going to love that. So that's wonderful. Thank you. And I pray the same for you, too, because I know pregnancy is rough. Us mamas <laughs> need to stick together. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sounds good. Thank you, guys. We will see you next week. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Pantry Chat, Food for Thought. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review. To view the show notes and any other resources mentioned on this episode, you can learn more at homesteadingfamily.com slash podcast. We'll see you soon. Goodbye.